0: Part 4 of History of the Thirty Years' War, Volume 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by S. Kim, Seoul, South Korea. History of the Thirty Years' War, Volume 5, by Friedrich Schiller, Part 4 under these advantages and reinforced by fourteen thousand fresh troops from sweden and livonia banner opened with the most favourable prospects the campaign of sixteen thirty eight the imperialists who were possession of upper pomerania and mecklenburg either abandoned their positions or deserted in crowds to the swedes to avoid the horrors of famine the most formidable enemy in this exhausted country the whole country betwixt the Elbe and the Oder was so desolated by the past marchings and quarterings of the troops that, in order to support his army on its march into Saxony and Bohemia, Banner was obliged to take a circuitous route from Lower Pomerania into Lower Saxony and then into the electorate of Saxony through the territory of Halberstadt. The impatience of the Lower Saxon states to get rid of such troublesome guests procured him so plentiful a supply of provisions that he was provided with bread in magdeburg itself where famine had even overcome the natural antipathy of man to human flesh his approach spread consternation among the saxons and his views were directed not against this exhausted country but against the hereditary dominion of the emperor the victories of bernard encouraged him while the prosperity of the austrian provinces excited his hope of booty after defeating the imperial general salis at elsterburg totally rooting the saxon army at Chemnitz and taking pirna he penetrated with irresistible impetuosity into bohemia crossed the elbe threatened prague took brandeis and lloydmeritz defeated general Hofkirchen with ten regiment, and spread terror and devastation through that defenseless kingdom. Booty was his sole object, and whatever he could not carry off, he destroyed. In order to remove more of the corn, the ears were cut from the stalks, and the latter burnt. Above a thousand castles, hamlets, and villages were laid in ashes. Sometimes more than a hundred were seen burning in one night. From bohemia he crossed into silesia and it was his intention to carry his ravages even into moravia and austria but to prevent this count Hatzfeld was summoned from westphalia and piccolomini from the netherlands to hasten with all speed to this quarter the archduke leopold brother to the emperor assumed the command in order to repair the errors of his predecessor and to raise the army from the low ebb to which it had fallen the result justified the change and the campaign of 1640 appeared to take a most unfortunate turn for the Swedes they were successfully driven out of all their posts in bohemia and anxious only to secure their plunder they precipitately crossed the heights of meissen but being followed into saxony by the pursuing enemy and defeated at plauen they were obliged to take refuge in Tringia, made masters of the field in a single summer. They were as rapidly dispossessed, but only to acquire it a second time and to hurry from one extreme to another. The army of Banner weakened and on the brink of destruction in its camp at Erfurt suddenly recovered itself. The Duke of Lunenburg abandoned the treaty of Prague and joined Banner with the very troops which the year before had fought against him hesse castle sent reinforcements and the duke of Longueville came to his support with the army of the lake duke bernard once more numerically superior to the imperialists banner offered them battle near Saalfeld, but their leader piccolomini prudently declined an engagement having chosen too strong a position to be forced when the barbarians at length separated from the imperialists and marched toward franconia banner attempted an attack upon this divided course but the attempt was frustrated by the skill of barbarian general von Mercy, and the near approach of the main body of the imperialists both armies now moved into the exhausted territory of hesse where they formed entrenched camps near each other till at last famine and the severity of the winter compelled them to both retire piccolomini chose the fertile banks of the weser for his winter quarters but being outflanked by banner he was obliged to give way to the swedes and to impose on the franconian seas the burden of maintaining his army at this period a diet was held in ratisbon where the complaints of the states were to be heard measures taken for securing the repose of the empire and the question of peace or war finally settled the presence of the emperor the majority of the roman catholic voices in the electoral college the great number of bishops and the withdrawal of several of the protestant votes gave the emperor a complete command of the deliberation of the assembly and rendered this diet anything but a fair representative of the opinions of the german empire the protestants with reason considered it as a mere combination of austria and its creatures against their party and it seemed to them a laudable effort to interrupt its deliberation and to dissolve the diet itself wanner undertook this bold enterprise his military reputation had suffered by his last retreat from bohemia and it stood in need of some great exploit to restore its former luster without communicating his designs to anyone in the depths of winter of sixteen forty one as soon as the road and the rivers were frozen he broke off from his quarters in Lunenburg, accompanied by marshal guibrien who commanded the armies of france and weimar he took the route toward the danube through Tringia and Fogtland and appeared before ratisbon where the diet could be apprised of his approach the consternation of the assembly was indescribable and in the first alarm the deputies prepared for flight the emperor alone declared that he would not leave the town and encouraged the rest by his example unfortunately for the swedes a thaw came in which broke up the ice upon the danube so that it was no longer passable on foot while no boats could cross it on account of the quantities of ice which were swept down by the current in order to perform something and to humble the pride of the emperor banner discourteously fired five hundred cannon shots into the town which however did little mischief baffled in his designs he resolved to penetrate farther into bavaria and the defenceless province of moravia where a rich booty and comfortable quarters awaited his troops Guibriang, however, began to fear that the purpose of the Sued was to draw the army of Bernard away from the Rhine and to cut off its communication with France, till it should be either entirely won over or incapacitated from acting independently. He therefore separated from the banner to return to the main, and the latter was exposed to the whole force of the imperialists, which had been secretly drawn together between and ingolstadt and was on its march against him it was now time to think of a rapid retreat which having to be effected in the face of an army superior in cavalry and betwixt woods and rivers through a country entirely hostile appeared almost impracticable he hastily retired toward the forest intending to penetrate through bohemia into saxony but he was obliged to sacrifice three regiments at Neuburg. These, with truly spartan courage, defended themselves for four days behind an old wall and gained time for Banner to escape. He retreated by Igra to Annaberg. Piccolomini took a shorter route in pursuit by Schlackenwald, and Banner succeeded only by a single half-hour in clearing the pass of Pritznitz and saving his whole army from the imperialists. At Zwickau, he was again joined by Guibriang, and both generals directed their march toward Halberstadt, after in vain attempting to defend the Saal and to prevent the passage of the imperialists. Banner at length terminated his career in Halberstadt in May 1641, a victim to vexation and disappointment he sustained with great renown though with varying success the reputation of the swedish arms in germany and by a train of victories showed himself worthy of his great master in the art of war he was fertile in expedients which he planned with secrecy and executed with boldness cautious in the midst of dangers greater in adversity than in prosperity and never more formidable than when upon the brink of destruction but the virtues of the hero were united with all the railings and vices which a military life creates or at least fosters as imperious in private life as he was at the head of his army rude as his profession and proud as a conqueror he oppressed the german princes no less by his haughtiness than their country by his contributions he consoled himself for the toils of war in voluptuousness and the pleasures of the table in which he indulged to excess and was thus brought to an early grave but though as much addicted to pleasure as alexander or mahomet the second he hurried from the arms of luxury into hardest fatigues and placed himself in all vigour at the head of his army at the very moment his soldiers were murmuring at his luxurious excesses nearly eighty thousand men fell in the numerous battles which he fought and about six hundred hostile standards and colors which he sent to stockholm were the trophies of his victories the want of this great general was soon severely felt by the swedes who feared with justice that the loss would not readily be replaced the spirit of rebellion and insubordination which had been overawed by the imperious demeanor of this dreaded commander awoke upon his death the officers with alarming unanimity demanded payment of their arrears and none of the four generals who shared the commands possessed influence enough to satisfy these demands or to silence the malcontents all discipline was at an end increasing want and the imperial citation were daily diminishing the number of the army the troops of france and weimar showed little zeal those of lunenburg forsook the swedish colors princes also of the house of brunswick after the death of duke george had formed a separate treaty with the emperor and at last even those of hesse quitted them to seek better quarters in Westphalia. the enemy profited by these calamitous divisions and although defeated with loss in two pitched battles succeeded in making considerable progress in lower saxony at length appeared the new swedish generalissimo with fresh troops and money this was bernard Torstenson, a people of gustavus adolphus and his most successful imitator who had been his page during the polish war though a martyr to the gout and confined to a litter he surpassed all his opponents in activity and his enterprises had wings while his body was held by the most frightful of fetters under him the scene of war was changed and new maxim adopted which necessity dictated and the issue justified all the countries in which the contest had hitherto raged were exhausted while the house of austria safe in its more distant territories felt not the miseries of the war under which the rest of Germany groaned. Thorstenson first furnished them with this bitter experience, glutted his Swedes on the fertile produce of Austria, and carried the torch of war to the very footstep of the imperial throne. In Silesia the enemy had gained considerable advantages over the Swedish general Stalhanch and driven him as far as Neumark. Torstensohn, who had joined the main body of the Swedes in Lunenburg, summoned him to unite with his force, and in the year sixteen forty two hastily marched into Silesia through Brandenburg, which under its great elector had begun to maintain an armed neutrality. Glogau was carried sword in hand without a breach or formal approaches. The Duke Francis Albert of Lauenburg, defeated and killed at Schweidnitz and schweitenitz itself with almost all the towns on that side of the order taken he now penetrated with irresistible violence into the interior of moravia where no enemy of austria had hitherto appeared took ormuz and threw vienna itself into consternation but in the meantime piccolomini and the archduke leopold had collected a superior force which speedily drove the swedish conqueror from moravia and after a fruitless attempt upon brig from silesia reinforced by Wrangel, the swedes again attempted to make the head against the enemy and relieved Gros Glogau, but could neither bring the imperialists to an engagement nor carry into effect their own views upon bohemia overrunning rusatia they took Citau in presence of the enemy and after a short stay in that country directed their march toward the elbe which they passed at torgau torstenson now threatened leipzig with a siege and hoped to raise a large supplies of the provisions and contributions from that prosperous town which for ten years had been unvisited with the scourge of war the imperialist under leopold and piccolomini immediately hastened by dresden to its relief and Torstensen, to avoid being enclosed between this army and the town boldly advanced to meet them in order of battle by a strange coincidence the two armies met upon the very spot which eleven years before gustavus adolphus had rendered remarkable by a decisive victory and the heroism of their predecessors now kindled in the Swedes a noble emulation on this consecrated ground the Swedish generals, starhanch and Wellenberg, led their divisions with such impetuosity upon the left wing of the imperialist before it was completely formed, and the whole cavalry that covered it were dispersed and rendered unserviceable. But the left of the Swedes were threatened with a similar fate when the victorious right advanced to its assistance, took the enemy in flank and rear, and divided the Austrian line the infantry on both sides stood firm as a wall and when their ammunition was exhausted maintained the combat with the butt's end of their muskets till at last the imperialists completely surrounded after a contest of three hours were compelled to abandon the field the generals on both sides had more than once to rally their flying troops and the archduke leopold with his regiment was the first in the attack and the last in flight but this bloody victory cost the Swedes more than 3,000 men, and two of their best generals, Schlangen and Lilienhök. More than 5,000 of the imperialists were left upon the field, and nearly as many taken prisoners. Their whole artillery, consisting of 46 field pieces, the silver plate and the portfolio of the archduke with the whole baggage of the army, fell into the hands of the victors torstenson too greatly disabled by his victory to pursue the enemy moved upon leipzig the defeated army retired into bohemia where his shattered regiment reassembled the archduke leopold could not recover from the vexation caused by this defeat and the regiment of cavalry, which by its premature flight had occasioned the disaster experienced the effects of his indignation at Rakonitz in bohemia in the presence of the whole army he publicly declared it infamous deprived it of its horses arms and ensigns ordered its standard to be torn condemned to death several of the officers and decimated the privates the surrender of leipzig three weeks after the battle was its brilliant result the city was obliged to close the swedish troops anew and to purchase an exemption from plunder by a contribution of three hundred thousand dollars to which all the foreign merchants who had warehouses in the city were to furnish their quota in the middle of winter torstenson advanced against freiberg and for several weeks defied the inclemency of the season hoping by his perseverance to weary out the obstinacy of the besieged but he found that he was merely sacrificing the lives of his soldiers and at last the approach of the imperial general piccolomini compelled him with his weakened army to retire he considered it however as equivalent to a victory to have disturbed the repose of the enemy in their winter quarters who by the severity of the weather sustained the loss of three thousand horses he now made a movement toward the order, as if with the view of reinforcing himself with the garrisons of Pomerania and Silesia, but with the rapidity of lightning, he again appeared upon the Bohemian frontier, penetrated through that kingdom, and relieved ormuz in Moravia, which was hard pressed by the imperialists. His camp at Tobichau, two miles from Ormutz, commanded the whole of Moravia on which he levied heavy contributions and carried his ravages almost to the gates of vienna in vain did the emperor attempt to arm the hungarian nobility in defence of this province they appealed to their privileges and refused to serve beyond the limits of their own country thus the time that should have been spent in active resistance was lost in fruitless negotiations and the entire province was abandoned to the ravages of the swedes while tolstenson by his marches and his victories astonished friends and foe the armies of the allies had not been inactive in other parts of the empire the troops of hesse under count of eberstein and those of weimar under Marshal de Gibrian, had fallen into the electorate of cologne in order to take up their winter quarters there to get rid of these troublesome guests the elector called to his assistance the imperial general Hatzfeld and assembled his own troops under general Lamboy. the latter was attacked by the allies in january sixteen forty two and in a decisive action near campen defeated with the loss of about two thousand men killed and about twice as many prisoners this important victory opened to them the whole electorate and the neighboring territories so that the allies were not only enabled to maintain their winter quarters there but drew from the country large supplies of men and horses left the hessians to defend their conquests on the lower rhine against Hatzfeld and advanced toward thuringia as if to second the operation of tholstensen in saxony but instead of joining the swedes he soon hurried back to the rhine and main from which he seemed to think he had removed farther than was expedient but being anticipated in the of baden and by the bavarians under mercy and john de werth he was obliged to wander about for several weeks exposed without shelter to the inclemency of the winter and generally encamping upon the snow till he found a miserable refugee in breisgau he at last took the field and in the next summer by keeping the bavarian army employed in Swabia, prevented it from relieving thionville which was besieged by conde but the superiority of the enemy soon drove him back to alsace where he awaited a reinforcement the death of cardinal richelieu took place in november 1642, and the subsequent change in the throne and in the ministry occasioned by the death of louis xiii had for some time withdrawn the attention of france from the german war and was the cause of the inaction of its troops in the field but mazarin the inheritor not only of richelieu's power but also of his principles and his project followed out with renewed zeal the plans of his predecessor though the french subject was destined to pay dearly enough for the political greatness of his country the main strength of its armies which richelieu had employed against the Spaniard was by mazarin directed against the emperor and the anxiety with which he carried on war in germany proved the sincerity of his opinion that the german army was the right arm of his king and a wall of safety around france immediately upon the surrender of dionville he sent a considerable reinforcement to field-marshal gebrian in alsace and to encourage the troops to bear the fatigues of the german war the celebrated victor of Rocroi, the duke of enghien afterwards prince of conde was placed at the head gibriang now felt himself strong enough to appear again in germany with repute he hastened across the rhine with the view of procuring better winter quarters in Suavia and actually made himself master of rothweil where a bavarian magazine fell into his hands but the place was too dearly purchased for its worth and was again lost even more speedily than it had been taken Gibriel received the wound in the arm which the surgeon's unskillfulness rendered mortal and the extent of his loss was felt on the very day of his death End of part four.